Welcome back to Showrunners, presented by Sidious Mag. I'm your host, Scott Fobble, and today we've got an all-timer. I'm here with 1258 5K guy, Woody Kincaid, to talk about Top Gun. Woody and I, we go way back. I feel like you should introduce me as uh, Portland Pilot Woody Kincaid. Portland Pilot, alumni, Columbine, Rebel. Sure, yeah, I'll take that. Um, You know, Coloradan, hosted him on his recruiting trip to Portland. Woody Kincaid, 1258 guy. We're here to talk about Top Gun. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a movie I didn't, I know I've always liked it because I've talked about it many times in my life. Yeah. But I actually hadn't really watched it since high school. And uh, I'm glad I did. There's a lot in this movie that has just entered our life without really noticing it. Mm -hmm. It um, has really proliferated, I guess, culture. Um, and I feel like, you know, this came out in 1986, so that was five years before I was born, six years before you were born. And, but in a way, I feel like it, you could almost, it could almost come out this year. And actually speaking of that, there is a sequel coming out this summer, Top Gun 2 Maverick. Oh yeah. I listened to the, the, uh, remake trailer version of the anthem. Yeah. So it's not a remake. It's actually a sequel. So it's, uh, Tom Cruise is still in it as Maverick. It's another... Yeah, he's ageless, man. Yeah. Um, so is he actually going to fly the planes? Apparently, Tom Cruise, who, you know, he does all of his own stunts, he yep. will actually be flying planes in this movie. He actually does fly the real, <laughs> like, fly real airplanes yeah. in the movie, which is crazy. Well, in Mission Impossible, he, like, hung off the side of a jet. Yeah, yeah, he... Um, so... You know, and I think that's one of the things that makes this movie so timeless is that um, Tom Cruise has been in our lives for like thirty-five years now, and he kind of looks the same. He doesn't really look like he's aged that much at this point. Like, thank you Hollywood CGI, but um, yeah, in a lot of ways, that's uh, that sort of gives this this movie an evergreen feel. Um, all right, so this movie directed by Tony Scott. Starring Tom Cruise, obviously. So this movie had a budget of only $15 million, in part because it was subsidized by the armed forces and was actually used as a recruitment tool. It made $356 million at the box office in 1986 dollars. Just for reference, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood made about 390 at the box office last year. So this movie was extremely successful. Won one Oscar. Um, for best original song, Take My Breath Away. That was for this movie. Yeah, it was an original song for this movie. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Take that My was, Breath that Away. My, that scene, we got to discuss that. I think we're going to talk about it in in depth. We're going to talk about all, the whole movie. I expect this podcast to be bordering on two hours long. <laughs> I mean, I can do this all day. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to read you the Roger Ebert review or parts of the Roger Ebert review because there's some bangers in here. And then we're going to get right into the categories. Because I think if we go to the categories, we'll touch on everything we would have talked about at the top. Yeah, I mean, we have seven pages of things. Nine. I got nine pages of notes for this. So, and uh, I have one two-hour film of memory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Roger Ebert said about this movie, this movie doesn't have a clue how two people in love might act and talk and think. He didn't like this movie. Only got two and a half stars. <laughs> well... I mean, to be fair, uh, there's only one character with any real human emotion in the film. and I, Viper. Uh, no, Viper's not in exactly. <laughs> I was going to say Goose. Goose, yeah. Goose is probably the best. <laughs> um, all right. Also, quote from Roger Ebert. Cruz and McGillis, the female lead, 
spend a lot of time squinting uneasily at each other and exchanging <laughs> words as if they were weapons. And when they finally get physical, they look like the stars of one of those sexy new perfume ads. He says, he goes on to say, movies like Top Gun are hard to review because the good parts are so good and the bad parts are so relentless. <laughs> Welcome to my life. The dog parts are absolutely the best since Clint Eastwood's electrifying aerial scenes in Firefox. <laughs> but look out of look, but look out for the scenes where the people have to talk to one another. Uh, <laughs> look out for the dialogue. Yeah, uh, which like that's a great description. It's hard to like like I love this movie. It's really fun, but it's hard to disagree with any of that. Like there's not there's not stunning dialogue in this movie by any means. <laughs> it's got memorable dialogue. Yeah, yeah, memorable is is correct. It's similar to Anchorman if Anchorman took itself really seriously. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point. I think one of the f- most fun parts about this movie is like imagining Val Kilmer and uh, Tom Cruise on set just fucking committing to this rivalry and hating <laughs> each other while all of us are laughing at it. <laughs> all right. Let's get uh, let's get into the categories here. Winners, Woody. What do you what do you like about this movie? What are some things you really liked? Ah, uh, dude, uh, the nostalgia mm-hmm. perhaps is the most important part of this film. You have to be raised on it. You have to show your kids it. You have to show them good American ideals. Well, I think um, that's a yeah. That's where I'll start. And I think similarly, as we mentioned, we both were born after this movie was made. But I feel like it's like between this. Watching like Stranger Things, Breakfast Club, and The Goonies, it really makes you feel like I understand and can like live through the eighties. Like, it just feels like the eighties have been beamed into my brain because of these movies. Yeah, yeah, it's a, like the soundtrack. Everything about it is just. I had no idea that the eighties were such a homoerotic era. Well, I think there was a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I think uh, I think they used some cocaine, and they were like. <laughs> What if we put these guys in some jeans on the beach and sprayed them with baby oil? We're going to get really into the homoeroticism. And the, I think. And the bronzer, man. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. forget about flexing. Yep. They Twice. do some, some very strange. Three times. <laughs> he, Tom Cruise checks his watch and he does it. He does the both hands thing so he can kind of like flex. Like he's, he's playing volleyball in a watch. We're going to get to all this. We this have to talk category. about the volleyball scene. I think we're going to go through. the top five scenes. Yeah. The best part is that's only the top five. Mm-hmm. It's not even the best. Yeah. Well, we're going to go through. I think that will come mostly in the losers. There's a lot of things you can nitpick about the volleyball scene. <laughs> that's a, I think it's a winner for we, me. The, so, all right. So, the volleyball scene, that's a winner. That's a winner. Sure. I think it's great. It's really, really fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel motivated somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Uh, the whole volleyball. There are some real beefcake shots in this one. Some truly just like lovingly looking about at these very muscular dudes. I think that's a, a winner, I guess. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, did you ever see the Simpsons? Buff, deaf guy? Sure. Deaf man. Yeah. That's, that's what that was. Mm-hmm. It was like deaf man in real life. Yeah. Well, in a movie. Well, it's real to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, all right, why don't I... I'll start reading out some of my winners. We can talk about them if you want. All right, so the opening shot, I really like it. When they're still doing the credits and there's, like, light music playing and the planes are being shot kind of in these, like... You're just sort of gazing on them and you're looking up at the planes from ground level. Um, 
it really reminds me of the way this movie that was also from the 80s called Striptease with Demi Moore is shot. It really seems like these planes are in a strip club. Like, it seems like we're looking at them the same way it's a sexy. strip club would be shot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, and I, th- I really like it because it cuts to danger zone <laughs> and then it really sets the tone for a, like a very, very erotic movie. <laughs> like, it's... I'm trying not to laugh too much, but the movie just gets me, man. There are... I get it and it gets me. Yeah, we're going to get to a lot of the eroticism in this, but I like that sort of erotic... Um, I just think it's so funny that the movie starts with such like a loving look at planes and then just descends into like basically boner jokes and like shots of dudes. Abs. <laughs> yeah. No, you got the impression that yeah. someone's going to have sex with the plane in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the age of uh, transformers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I thought the call signs were really fun. Like the idea of like, oh, you yeah. have this word that you just get to call yourself. Oh yeah. 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 Let's not forget that the guy flexing playing volleyball in his name is Hollywood. Yeah, we got Hollywood, Cougar, Goose, Maverick, Iceman, Merlin, Viper, Jester. All mm. right. What do you think your what's your call sign, Woody? You can't just put me on the spot, man. Like you have to sit there and think about it. All right, we'll think about it then. What do you think the best one is? Cougar, Goose, Maverick, Iceman, and Merlin, Viper, I, Jester. Personally, I like Merlin. And we got there's also Hollywood and Soul Rider. Soul Rider is too pretentious. Mm, I don't think, yeah. <laughs> He's also the only black guy in the movie. Got to be, got to be Soul Rider. <laughs> well, this is the 80s. Yeah. Um, you like Merlin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Merlin's good. I like Iceman. That's a really good name. You're right. Gosh, yeah. man. Iceman's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I think Val Kilmer doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> the chomping. You can't see this because it's a podcast, but <laughs> Woody was aggressively chomping down, doing his best Val Kilmer, grinding his teeth, I guess, impression, just biting <laughs> randomly in the movie. Um, very strange. Val Kilmer, Iceman, we're going to talk about this, but um, we can just do it now. Iceman does not get enough love in this movie. This- so one of the things I like in a lot of movies is when two characters just fucking hate each other right off the bat for no reason. And then in this case, it's Mav and Iceman. Zero words are exchanged, but they just immediately dislike each other. And I'm going to be honest, kind of team Iceman. Maverick is a liability up there. He is just flying around and not, he's got no sense of order. He's very unsafe. I think we should acknowledge that maybe Iceman was right. Wait, you're saying this couldn't happen in real life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying my, <laughs> we got some you're questions about the realism. You're telling me that this renegade is not going to, going to, Fly jets for the U.S. Army? Yeah, I have, I'm not saying Tom Cruise doesn't get to be in the, like, Mav doesn't get to be in the Air Force. I'm just saying maybe Iceman had a point. Well, maybe, Mav, I, honestly, maybe if Mav I were is a taxpayer, if I knew yeah. what he was doing, I would tell him to fire him, maybe put him in jail. You said if you're a taxpayer. Woody, if, do you I, not, if I were a taxpayer and I'm knowledgeable about yeah, what's happening. Yeah, Woody, do you not pay your taxes? <laughs> Um, man, I thought we would go... Don't quote me on that one. Please delete that. uh, I thought we would get more than eight minutes in before we went off the rails, but this is really going (laughs) in in 17 different directions. Um, do you have a, do you have a call sign yet? Call sign, dude. I got nothing still. You got nothing? I mean, this is an important thing. I think he would be like crow or hawk. I mean... Eagle. You think I'm a bird? 
I think you're, I think you're, uh, maybe red tail. I think your call sign would be some sort of bird. Hmm. Like Roadrunner or something like that? No, I think it would be a flying bird. Nighthawk. I don't like any of these. Okay. I feel like you need to take this in a new direction. I want it to be a little bit more snazzy. A little bit more snazzy? Maybe like an X or a Z in there somewhere. Well, none of these other ones are spelled wrong. <laughs> well, you want to be xylophone? No. Zebra? Xenon? Xenon? Okay. If you, <laughs> if you want to be Xenon, I guess that's fine. <laughs> Um, I don't like that either. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll come back to it. All right. Um, another winner. Tom Cruise is a goddamn movie star. I hate his character. I hate him. Everything. He's a douchebag, but I can't stop watching him. <laughs> like, everything <laughs> he does sucks. <laughs> this mean, guy I, sucks. Can you, <laughs> he can you is introducing himself to girls as his call sign. I was like the gonna, worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but I, I, I cannot take my eyes off Tom Cruise in this movie. He's so charismatic. Goose, honestly, is the only good character. Like, the only decent human being. Viper. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's like, people are going to die, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't care about these people that... Like, the, get him back in the skies. Don't even care about this PTSD this man clearly has. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Yeah, Goose is the only one with any any uh, soul. But, yeah. But Tom Cruise, can you imagine if you knew somebody who picked up girls by singing the Righteous Brothers to them? Mm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'd feel so uncomfortable. It, I would be like, get this guy out of this group. I don't want to talk to him anymore. If that happened not in a movie scene, that would be tough to that watch. That would be crash and burn. Yeah. yeah. And he, he does say the first time we tried it, crash and burn. In the second time. Second time. How's the second time going? Uh, you can tell me in the morning. It's, you know, yeah. Um, my favorite part about that scene where they, <laughs> where they um, sing to Charlie in the bar, is that they get through the first verse and then the pickup ruse is over. Like she's like, "You can sit down," and they just hand the mic to the soul black writer. guy, soul writer. <laughs> And he just, he's like, no, 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 I'm not done singing. And he just goes straight into the second verse. And so, no, buddy, it's over. Like, you guys all came up. It's choreographed. Like, whatever. You guys always had a lot of free time on your hands. You figured out how to do this. This guy is not in on the joke that it's over. He's like, no, now we're singing this song. It's great. And you realize I was trying to pick up this girl, right? Like, Yeah. Okay. But can, don't you know what I mean? Carry like, on. Tom Cruise is so charismatic in this movie. I mean, in all movies, like it's hard to take. There are like five men in the world that I would, like, you could ascribe this quality to. It's like him, uh, Pitt, Leo, Damon, and Affleck. And it's like it's weird to put those guys in the same sentence because the other four are like really good actors, and Tom Cruise has just been playing Tom Cruise for the last thirty-five years. But I literally like it's so fun to watch him act. Yeah, he's got that like uh, psychopath charisma. Sure. Where it's like looking at. Uh, Ted Bundy and just like can't help but love the guy but there's some crazy eyes there I don't think we should try to unpack that statement too much but I <laughs> I get what you're saying like it's no, this person I, that I there's yeah it's this person that there's there's no reason we need to watch him but we can't stop watching him <laughs> right yeah um right. I thought the vehicles in this movie were fucking cool the what the vehicles like if you could give me if I could get a 1986 
Kawasaki Ninja, I'm in. I don't want a 2019 one. I would learn to ride a motorcycle for to rip around on Mav's motorcycle. Can we talk about the 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 car chase? Which one? So when when uh, what's her name? The love Char- affair. Charlie. Charlie uh, calls him out and uh, says that it was a dangerous move. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he throws a tantrum when he comes out. Yeah. <laughs> gets on his bike and she just chases him in his car. And speaking of which, Charlie's car is awesome too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like an That's old two seater Porsche. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's probably cost like $300,000 today. Mm. She's got that. She's got that um, astrophysics money, though. It is fine. It is a nice car, and it is a lucrative prof- profession. Apparently, yeah, apparently, um, consulting for the Navy. <laughs> yeah. All you naval, all you naval veterans, yeah, gonna be crushing. <laughs> um, Goose's death. After seeing it like seven times, you know it's coming. But the first time you watch this movie, it is heartbreaking to see Goose die. That's like the only time that I feel real emotion in this whole movie. <laughs> like, I, I, the only time that I like, oh man, this is uh, this is the one character that I really thought was more than one dimension. Um, yeah, he just they had to get rid of him. Yeah, there's some real questions about sort of the uh, the way the Coast Guard picks him up. They don't really seem to be trying to stabilize his neck at all. They should kind of grab him and hoist him up there. <laughs> yeah. Had he been alive I don't in the think- water? <laughs> There's a chance that he hit a 1% yeah. chance and if then it went to zero. He was, was done when they picked him <laughs> up. Um, and then right after that, we get sort of Viper's coldness, too. It leads right into... There's that scene where Tom Cruise is shaving in his whitey tighties. And um, <laughs> the Viper comes in and he's like... Goose is dead. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, no fucking shit. <laughs> Of course he's dead. And then Viper goes back out and he's like, get him back in the air fast. It's like, uh. That's what I'm saying, man. This guy. Maybe we let it give him one night to blow off some steam. Yeah. No, we need him back up no. there. He's got to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly one of the most talented individuals who's ever come through Top Gun. Maybe we can give him a second to catch his breath after his best friend just died. And then they expedite his court process. Wasn't your fault. We're not going to look into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We got to get you through this. There's some we real questions look. about the timeline and how how quickly the court the court uh, Wait, came what down. What if it was his fault? Yeah, um, not, wasn't your fault, man. I'm sure it's only been yeah, three days. It's fine. We did some analysis. You're free to go. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, you got to chill. And then I got one more. I got one more winner, and then I got a subcategory for you. Goose sending Mav, vibe, Mav vibes from the grave in his time of needs. It's a really 80s. <laughs> I forgot. It's a really 80s theme. He's like he's looking down. He's freaking out. The, yeah, yeah, he's, he's freaking out. He looks out. down at the thing and he's like, I got this. Yeah. It's like. Goose, he's coming back. Goose is still like a stabilizing figure. He's um, re-engaging. Yeah, he's re-engaged. All right. You got any more of just like plain winners? Anything else that you, in this movie you really liked? Um. I just love the sunsets, first of all. Sunsets. Everything happens at sunset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything cool happens on the California Gold Coast, baby. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to uh, bring this up, I, but I was doing a little research, and apparently in almost every scene where they're flying, there are continuity issues, <laughs> because uh, Tony Scott loved the sunrises and sunsets, 
but you can't really like shoot when you're really high up in the air like that in sunrises and sunsets. So they would just take off at sunrise and sunset and it would be noon when they got up in the air. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Almost every single... <laughs> Didn't even think of that. Yeah. Almost every single one of the like flight scenes, they would take off at sunrise and then just be fighting at noon. Or just be Twilight. Yeah. 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 Um, Tom Cruise is a winner in this film. Okay. This Tom guy Cruise. is is larger than life. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. They even say directly to him, when I met you, you were larger than life. <laughs> like they tell the audience, this guy is the man. Yeah. You don't have to figure it out for yourself. They, you know, like they tell you. Um, and he's for some reason like six inches taller just so he can get the girl. Yeah. The lifts. Lifts yeah. are a winner too. So, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, they did a great job cutting out his feet so that he could get the girl. Uh, in one scene when they're on the beach or I think, um, they actually d- dug her a trench to stand in so that she would be shorter than Tom Cruise. They, <laughs> they dug a trench for Charlie to no. stand in. Yeah. Jesus. That's, they, man, imagine being so short that they have to go, they have to have a job where they have a grave digger. Yeah, it's tough. Just so, it's tough. Just so you can it's be not a great. normal person. Not great. Um, all right, we've got a winner's subcategory. This category is called the Wow, That Was Erotic category. So I've got um, just like five or six of the most erotic lines from the movie. Oh, jeez. There's so, so many. So when they're, when they're first explaining what Top Gun is and how it teaches, the line is, dogfighting but in planes, Slider respond, or says, this gives me a hard-on. And Val Kilmer replies, don't tease me. <laughs> We're talking about, the instructor's talking about aerial maneuvers, and they're responding to it like they're watching softcore porn. Uh, then Slider tells Mav, Slider is um, Iceman's partner. He says, you live life between your legs, man. <laughs> what does that mean? Other than, like, implying that Tom Cruise is a horn dog, I don't really understand what the point of that line is. I remember the scene. They mm-hmm. just walk in completely, like, in all white. Yeah. Dressed out in their Navy attire for a bar for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. They're just wearing their, like, their dress clothes, <laughs> their dress uniforms. Why are you wearing this to, to a, a local bar? dive bar to go and pick up chicks? The most, the nicest, whitest thing you have. And, by the way... Every chick already has, already has a number. Like Iceman's already talking to a chick, mm-hmm. and everyone, everyone's linked up except for Charlie. Yeah, well, Charlie's there with like a sixty-five-year-old dude. Yeah, Charlie's there with her dad. Yeah, well, I think you're supposed to think he's we're on a date, but she's on a date. But the guy has got one foot in the grave. Uh huh. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Did <laughs> what is it? is Big Daddy where Adam Sandler? <laughs> where the woman's dating like a 60 year old I don't, yeah I, don't know. <laughs> I think so anyways i think that's where they were inspired by it yeah i mean that movie was made like 10 years after this so <laughs> i don't know how exactly you, yeah. the other way around um the whole beach volleyball scene <laughs> like there's a lot of male shirtless touching where Can they're I- just like and flexing I wish I could demonstrate for the audience the way that uh, I believe Viper, not no, not Viper, Slider. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually does one of these. Yeah, he he takes his fist and he um, puts it behind. He locks it behind his knee and flexes his forearm. 
Yeah, it's like a, a very clear Arnold Schwarzenegger almost. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It does the mm-hmm. Arnold. And uh, the funny thing is when they show him at the end of the movie, it's the exact same scene of him doing the Arnold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's what he wanted yeah. for his legacy to be. Um, yeah, it's very, very weird. Um, also, they get way too intimate. Like they're just yeah, touching they're each like other for really no a lot of like hugging. Yeah, yeah. No, they take the elbow and they pull them in real mm-hmm. close. It's not yeah, like, like hey, high five. Yeah. It's like nah, I'm here, buddy. Like yeah, a, I give you a nugget. The headlock move. Um, they're just so oiled up. <laughs> There's Wrong. no reason they should be wearing those clothes to play beach volleyball too. Like they're wearing like jeans, and it's very strange. Um, Ridley Scott said he was in spot. Sorry, not Ridley Scott. Tony Scott. Was said he was he wanted it to look like a softcore porno, so he like hosed them all down with baby oil. This was intentional. Yeah, it was intentional that it was that homoerotic. Oh, okay. Now I have even more questions. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that this whole thing was uh, like this is just how we film things right now. No, this is like no, they we're, we're taking America to a whole new place. They were like, I think they're yeah, and there were only guys there. Like <laughs> I, I think they were that. just like yeah, like. Uh, for some reason, the whole Navy base was like, yeah, let's go play beach volleyball. And you know what? We're not going to invite any girls. <laughs> no one can bring their girlfriends. But you think between your legs, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very, very weird. Very strange. Uh, but really, I like, scene. I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained. From a doubt. Yeah, from a beefcake perspective, it's really wonderful. And I, I was giggling through the whole thing when I watched it last night. Very, very weird. Um, all right. Next one. The very first sex scene where it's blue and you can only see their silhouettes. Um, how about the tongue? Yeah. Well. Can we even discuss that? Like, so, this is PG, right? Like, Yeah. So here is what I thought of when I was watching it. It looks like they're trying to get it on based on like a step-by-step manual as to how two people French kiss. <laughs> It's like the manual was like, like take tongue out, place in other partner's mouth. <laughs> and they were just like tapping tongues. And I imagine uh, this scarred like seventh graders for years, like from 1986 to 1992. Um, that's just how people made out. And it was terrible. It was awful. Oh man, I didn't even think about those those repercussions. Yeah, teenagers seeing it and think that's, seeing it, that's like, what it oh, is. Oh, this is what sex is. This is how we do it. Yeah, this is how we do it. We, we're gonna be two snakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> not able to touch except by the tongues. Tom Cruise is like doing up dog, like upward <laughs> facing dog. And oh yeah, let's, let's talk about how Tom is like five inches above her, and yeah. you know Tom's like five four, so he's not making connections here. Yeah, so no, know. there was there was no genital alignment. No, this, no, it's, in this scene. it's belly button. It was best. awful. This scene is <laughs> so scarring <laughs> to watch when you're if you're a teenager. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And you're like, yeah. Take my breath away is playing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. Woody, it's a podcast. We don't need to act <laughs> this out. Um it's tough, man. This is really like it was Take so my breath away. This scene was so bad, it actually comes all the way around and is memorable again. This is going to be complicated. Yeah. What does she say? This is going to be complicated. I don't know. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one is the scene in the showers after they mess up the 2v2 training. 
So this doesn't have to be in the, this scene does not have to be in the shower at all. Um, but they just wanted an excuse for Val <laughs> Kilmer and Tom Cruise's chests, and they wanted some beefcakes to only be in towels. That's the whole reason that they had this whole scene in the showers. There's like for some reason there's their like shower only there's only one, and the whole platoon is like waiting to use one shower, and then Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer have a standoff. That's the whole thing. They could have just done it in a hallway. But they just wanted a little more homoeroticism. <laughs> yeah, hold on. There's a oh, wow. I didn't even consider how much time they spend shirtless and or naked together. Quite yeah. a lot. It's um, a very locker room centric movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of locker room talk. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit, but it's all very respectful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You're dangerous. It's as close as they get. Yeah. Well. So right at the start of the, my last, wow, this is erotic cat, entry to the wow, this is erotic category. Right at the start of the final battle, Slider says, for the second time in the movie, I've got a hard on. <laughs> he says it more than once? Yeah, he says it again. Right when they're starting the final battle, he says, I've got a hard on. And I think at this time, like, um, Iceman was like, all right, dude, like, we got, we got to go shoot down some MIGs, like, get your head right. Like, we're not we're in about the, to die. Yeah, we're not in the classroom anymore. Like... Let's let's get dialed in, but um. Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> twice Slider says I've got a hard on, in respect to planes. This gives me a hard on. By the end of Vietnam, that ratio was back up to twelve to one. Don't tease me. Lines, please. I can't tell you how much I was laughing by myself when I was watching yeah. this. It's a truly ridiculous movie. <laughs> it's wild. Oh man, it's in the top five though. All right. On to the losers. Um, what what do you got for the losers? What of this movie didn't make any sense? What didn't you like? I mean, there are so many things that didn't make sense. You want me to just... I got how about, these. How about just time? We talked about earlier. How about just time? Yeah. Time doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The timeline, um, You could, there, there are some questions. Masculinity is, is brought into question. <laughs> so where you're... You are... You think uh, the level... Of masculinity as a loser for you. Uh, you think well, they should have dialed it's that? It's both a winner and a yeah, loser. Yeah, you think they should have dialed that back? I'm glad they didn't. Mm-hmm. But I, if, if it was trying to be a serious film, yeah, they lost. They lost. That was a, that. Yeah, that's but tough. if they wanted to be a timeless classic, I say just take it to the next level in, mm-hmm. the, in the sequel. So part of you says, "Let's crank it up another notch," and yeah. part of you is like. Let's make a good movie and dial it back three notches. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's that's the paradox, isn't it? I think that's fair. So, um, what else do you have? Um, here, I can I can hit the lead here. Hold on, hold on. I want right. to think of some some things that really, really just made me question what was happening. Oh, uh, let's talk about. If any of this was actually impossible. Mm. So the beginning of the film, he, if you remember correctly, he flips over, he goes inverted, and he communicates, gives this guy the bird. Yeah, yeah. And then he meets this woman, Charlie, uh, because she, she's a flight instructor and says, it's impossible to go inverted yep. with this type of plane, especially against a Meg. And he's like, no, I did it. We were communicating. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. There's no way that this is actually impossible. I just watched it happen. So it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, um, can't imagine that maybe just tried a new trick. 
Well, that leads us film. at the end of this podcast. We're going to do listener questions, but that is a very seg- interesting segue. Very good segue into um, this was sent in by Bra- Brad Lindeberg. Which is more in- unrealistic? A 4G inverted dive with a range of two meters. <laughs> That's what they said it was. Or Tom Cruise being six feet tall. <laughs> so he's no. I so don't think I, you're alone on the. I don't think this could really happen. Corner. <laughs> oh man, I I love that. Um, I love that when he's next to Goose. Goose looks like a giant. He looks like he's on mm-hmm. stilts. And then when he's next to the woman, he's like at least three inches taller than Charlie. Yeah, like. Um, Proportional heights are like Goose is seven foot three. Yeah. Tom Cruise is like Mav is like six foot two and Charlie's like four eight. Yeah. That was how it would have to be to make it all line up. It's a pygmy. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, but like listen, I think Goose is actually a winner and mm-hmm. a loser. Yeah, well he dies, so that's a loser. But he's he's the best character in the film, right? Okay. He's he is the only good person. He's like that we actually meet. Yeah. He's got, and he's got like, hey, by the way, I can take this more seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't want to die. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Stop he's doing got, dumb things, Maverick. Mm-hmm. But he's still Maverick's boy. Boy. Like he still supports Maverick. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of things that mm-hmm. he's, he understands. Yeah. Right? He doesn't think he's not a one track man kind of guy. He can understand that Maverick's dealing with some problems. His dad, you know, died tragically. And then Goose, being the loser that he is, unfortunately has to be taken out of the film. Yeah, well, you needed you needed Goose to die. the The movie needed Goose to die because the um, because you needed Tom Cruise Mav to have to deal with some something. You needed him to come to a reckoning with his recklessness. Of course, basically. So yeah, I mean regard. that goes without saying. Yeah, but you know, it's a shame that they had to kill off the best character. But maybe that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Maverick gets that far in the military. I don't think he ever makes a top gun. I think he, he's a shithead, rebellious wild card. They don't, that type of person doesn't usually succeed in the armed forces. Just generally. You either shape up or Honestly, after what just happened, I would have just said, Mav, you're done. Yeah. Well, I think he gets kicked out of top gun the first time he buzzes the tower. Yeah. They're like, you're, yeah. you can't be doing this shit, man. Can We've you, got you in a $30 million piece of equipment. Somebody please write in. If there's anyone that's in the Navy, what would happen if you were to fly under? So, the, the by the way, the level was 10,000 feet. Yeah. This guy had to come within at least 600 feet from the ground. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't supposed to break 10,000 feet and he comes in like next to the tower. Yeah. That's incredibly reckless. People think they're going to die. They think they're being bombed. Yeah. Like, just like, right. wait, is that authorized? No, fucking shoot that thing down, man. That's, that's, All right. That's what would happen. If you have any experience with the real Top Gun, please let us know what happens if you buzz the tower. <laughs> or just, like, break the rules so they don't know if that's a, a, a their plane or ours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tom Cruise, you, cr- sorry. Maverick following Charlie into the ladies' room. In when he at the bar when he's courting her, that scene is not a, age well. I don't think they shoot that scene in 2020. I think that happens a little bit differently. <laughs> he go, yeah. goes into the women's locker. Yeah, I don't think he follows her into the women's room nowadays. And she acts like, oh, uh, just another guy. Yeah, like 35 years later, like the cops get called. No, yeah. you. 
Yeah. <laughs> that oh, that hasn't aged well. That's kind of a loser. That's definitely, a, yeah, quite the loser. Yeah. All right. We're coming back to the beach volleyball scene. So I think playing beach volleyball in a watch is tr- a truly psycho move. Because you, you see Tom Cruise, he checks his wrist a couple times because he wants to know when to leave for the date. So he's got a watch on, like wow. a dress watch. I, I can't it's even... It's a, a the true thing impediment. Brain, like, latches yeah. onto, man. I never would think about that. It was crazy. I was like, that would hurt so badly. That would actually hurt your wrist. Uh-huh. And ruin your watch. Yeah. That's definitely going to be a Rolex, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is the 80s. Watches ain't cheap either. Yeah. So And, and then also playing beach volleyball in jeans or pants in general and a watch. That's psycho. Um, and I don't think Mav leaves the volleyball game. Like, it's tied. I don't care how late he's going to be to that date. Like, you're, he's finishing it. He's playing... Iceman and Slider. He's not leaving. He's not leaving that, that game, I don't think. Well, didn't you know he was late anyways? I know. Yeah, he's late anyway. So what does it matter? Apologize, yeah. What's, you know, what's another 20 minutes at that point? I think it was a truly psycho move. And frankly, his whole plan for the date is really weird. Um, he comes straight from a weird erotic volleyball game. He's really sweaty. He's probably got sand all over his body. His <laughs> white t-shirt is filthy. Um... And he was like, I'm just going to shower at her place. It'll be fine. Your white t-shirt is ruined. There's no coming back from this. Like, <laughs> yeah. what was your, what were you thinking? Like, you know, it's going to work well. Like I got this date. We're probably going to get it on. I'm just going to shower at her place and then I won't put my clothes back on. Like, is that what you're thinking? Maybe that's how things were done. Maybe. And, and again, setting the example for kids, just like kids go out, play football, show up nice and sweaty. Yeah. You know what you date. should, you know what you should do before a date? Just Get as sweaty and dirty as possible. <laughs> if you could actually, if sand could be falling off of you when you show up to this girl's door, that's a plus. <laughs> Just apologize. Yeah. Very strange. <laughs> Just shower at her place. It'll be great. Her dad's going to love that. To be honest, is that something, would that surprise you if, if I did that? No, it's something you would definitely do. But yeah, I, I feel like I probably would have done that yeah. not knowing it's, it's taboo. Of mm-hmm. course I wouldn't now. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I wouldn't. It's uh, it was very weird. I don't think there was a lot of forethought, um, that went into his plan with on the date. We <laughs> talked about the blue light sex scene. It's just really not good. Meg Ryan's haircut, it's tough. The her haircut. Yeah, it's terrible. It Are has you, not aged. Charlie. Well. Yeah, no, no, not Charlie. Um, Meg Ryan. So which one's Meg Goose's Ryan? wife? Oh, her. Yeah, her haircut's tough. Man, I, I, I think she's a dime though. I mean, Meg Ryan, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Meg Ryan. Give me a little, um, little, you got mail any day of the week. But her haircut in this, it's very 80s. It has not aged well at all. I feel like it's coming back. You think so? Uh-huh. Okay. I feel like you could still pull it off today. Uh, yeah, maybe if you look like Meg Ryan. Oh, if you just, yeah. <laughs> honestly, if you're just more of a vibrant person. Okay. I, I don't, I, I disagree with you there. I gotta disagree on something, and that's where I make my stand. <laughs> you're you're on Meg Ryan's haircut corner. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Tough take, hot takes over here. Uh, they're all wearing whitey. All the men are wearing whitey tighties throughout the whole movie. I'm so glad that whitey tighties are gone. Give me a nice pair of boxer briefs any day. Whitey tighties are out. Man, and we've come a long way even in our lifetime when it comes to briefs. Yeah. Uh, whitey tighties, surely when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it probably moved into loose boxer the loose boxer trend. Uh, which is dangerous by the way yeah yeah very dangerous. you're asking for a torsion yeah torsion uh if you get pants 
sometimes things go flying in the wind. You don't want this. Now we've got a perfect, like, tight boxers, but not too tight. Mm -hmm. You got the support, but they're not cutting the inside of your legs. Yes. Yeah. So, great job. Fruit of the loom. Yeah. (laughs) We'd like to send you some support. Um, Me undies, if you want to sponsor this pod, let me know. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, this did go off the rails. Yeah. All right, Charlie is really hard on Mav when he's about to quit. Like, when he's at the, the bar and he's like, I quit. And she's like, what are you drinking, hemlock? And, <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Uh, ice water. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. uh, his friend, best friend just died. I think he has the right to do a little self-loathing. Thank you very much. This is not when he needs And it a, was his fault. Yeah. I don't think he needs a stern talking to, you know, about bucking up. You used to be yeah. bigger than life. Who are you now? Maybe give it more than eight hours to breathe. <laughs> Good lord. Um, oh, I don't think they handled the death of uh, of Goose with a lot of. <laughs> That's lot what of I'm sen- saying. Like, These people. A lot of sensitivity. Yeah, Viper was the worst. Yeah, Viper was. Well, at least this Viper is a isn't. Comrade. Yeah. What are you talking about? At least Viper isn't his girlfriend. Like, at least they're <laughs> not. Like, he's not sleeping with Viper. Doesn't look for her to her for emotional support. But I've completely fucked yeah, for you. Charlie is like, why don't you buck up a little bit, Mav? Get back out there. Get on the plane. <laughs> There'll be other people. They'll yeah. die. Everyone's going <laughs> to die. You got to nut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? I promise you, Woody, if you ever die, I will not, I will not go immediately back to work <laughs> in... 12 hours no, after you're well, what would, The equivalent would be is we're on a run together. Yeah. And I, I like fall, like, like you're actually in front of the lead and you forget to tell me that there's a cliff a few feet in front of mm-hmm. me and I just and you go fall over off. the cliff. Yeah. So it's not like directly my fault, yeah. but it's like kind of my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I promise you if that happens, <laughs> I think I'm going to take a couple days off. Thank you very much. I'm going to do a little self-loathing. I'm not going to be going for a run tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how much uh, gonna, anyone tells me to man gonna, up. Yeah. All right. And then it would be like Jerry or or Ben would be on a run with you on the same run and yeah. be like, listen, man. We got to get him back out on the track. <laughs> it's not your fault, Bobble. Yeah. <laughs> Woody, yeah. We all run off cliffs. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It's part of this sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, get back out there and run your 28 flat. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The graduation ceremony is really weird. It's a really weird scene. It's at like a beach club or something. There's like a swimming pool and 12 people there. And they're all drinking champagne. And the implication is they're about to go get shit housed. But then immediately they go straight to a life and death situation. I'm laughing so hard in this scene. Like one. So number one, here's my first thing about this. There are presumably other pilots in the Navy. These aren't the only eight people who are capable of flying the planes. Why do they have to fly to the Indian Ocean or wherever this conflict is happening? Uh, the second thing, <laughs> I don't think the real deal. Yeah, I don't think uh, you should be consuming any alcohol of any sort or any quantity before getting into a thirty million dollar plane that goes faster than the speed of sound. I know. The I best- think if you've done that, you should be able to tell your captain, and be like, "Look, I didn't know I was getting called in. I had a couple drinks. I think you should find some one of the other pilots in the Navy to handle this." That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, this was the symbol. I get that they had to rush through this for the sake of the movie, but these guys literally had like alcohol in their hands. Yeah. And then he's like, 
we're shipping you across the Indian Ocean, man. This is the real deal. We're going to war. Yeah. And, he's, and, and Tom Cruise is buzzed over here, <laughs> yeah. feeling kind of confident again. <laughs> we're, there is a major diplomatic issue. <laughs> I can do it, coach. Leaders are tense. Put me in. You're drunk. You guys have all had a couple drinks. Hop in a plane for the next 24 hours. <laughs> You're going to the Indian Ocean. 24 hours later. Yeah. By the way. Also, they pick them again. Yeah. They, it's not even like they're the only guys. They're just like, which ones were the ones drinking? That one? Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, which one just had tragedy befall him? That one. Okay, send him again. Well, that's my third question about this. <laughs> this is Mav's first real mission after losing his best friend and almost quitting the entire school. And I don't think a super tense, extremely dangerous mission against MiGs is maybe the best way to ease him back into this, especially with a partner he's never flown with. Just thought... Just a thought. <laughs> maybe, maybe Iceman can handle this. <laughs> maybe like, they just had uh, just unshakable faith in Merlin. Yeah. Like, Merlin will get him through. Mm-hmm. And, and All right, Merlin. God, he has an emotional breakdown and Goose speaks to him through the death. Through, yeah. Through, through the grave. It almost doesn't work out. Bad job by them on that. All right. Just a question here. Who are the bad guys? Who do they go fight? Like, are we supposed to think they're Russians? Because they never say Russians. Oh, yeah, definitely Russians. But it's 86. in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Like, 86. Yeah, I, is, is this the Cold War breaking down? This is like, man, somehow the Russians aligned with Pakistan? Uh, I mean, and I guess like maybe Saudi Arabia is over there. And we're going nuts. I mean, we're, we got to be further south, man. Like, maybe Saudi Arabia? Do you want me to look up a map of. I mean, the I know Ocean? where. I actually. I know where the sides are. They'd be over a different ocean, though. They'd be over the Red Sea. I mean, I think the Indian Ocean does touch the south. Gosh, this is a podcast people can quote. I think, like, the southeast side of Saudi Arabia. Mm. Okay, so, but what countries, like, I don't know. I just don't know who we're fighting. And I don't know where it is, really. Like. Yeah, so... So, yeah, no, it doesn't – the Saudi Arabia doesn't touch the Indian Ocean, but it could, it's close enough to the Indian Ocean that it could be the Saudis. Like, are we rallying against India? Um, I, I assume it's the Russians because, I don't know, MiGs, but it's very strange. And they get there extremely quickly in the film. Like, uh, it seems like Tom Cruise takes off and then he's immediately 30 seconds away. Um, he's like sitting on, yeah, yeah. Like, get your ass in there that 180 miles, man, this guy went from zero to 1000. Yeah. Like maybe they're maybe 2000. Yeah. Like, are we sure they aren't like off the coast of Hawaii? Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> um, dude, but it doesn't matter. We're going to, they're going to be on the front page of every, uh, yeah. in the English speaking world. And that is my, my last loser. <laughs> if this happened in real life, this would have been world war three. <laughs> like. This is like this is a major, major conflict. Migs and Tomcats are just shooting each other down in international waters. What is going on? Like, how is this not? How does he not get back to shore and be like, "You need to get briefed by the president immediately." Dude, don't worry. They'll be placated yeah. by all the great soundtrack and yeah. music that they're listening to. Instead, in, dun, like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no. Instead, Mav gets back and. He, so they offer him any position he wants. Like, um, he's done one mission and has probably started in international conflict like maybe he needs to be an actual pilot for 10 years before you give him a teaching gig um 
Yeah, we'll get more into this in the sequel category. Top Gun? Top Gun, yeah. <laughs> what does he say? God help us all. Yeah. God save us all. All right. Do you have any more losers? Any more things? Any more questions? Any more things you didn't like about the movie? Um, yeah, I'd have to say, just speaking on the instructor. Viper. No. The mm. guy at the very end who's like, that, that I keep quoting, uh, he's like, you can be anywhere in the world. You can any assignment you want. And he's like, I'm thinking about being an instructor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah. Um, that guy is definitely a loser. Okay. That guy <laughs> needs to be fired from his position because mm-hmm. he keeps picking the absolute worst people for the job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's, Mav should not have been on Top Gun. Um, Shouldn't be a Top Gun, and then he picks him again for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he apparently hates him. Is he trying to kill Mav? Maybe. I think he's trying to kill Maverick. It's possible. All right. Recasting corner. Recasting category. So I think if we're making this movie today, like this is what, how this is how we're doing it for this one. So today, same movie, same script, everything. Carbon copy. Who is in which role? I think Mav has got to be charismatic. He's got to be able to play well, kind that, of a that, wild card. That, that's a gimme because we actually have that. We actually have the film. So we're going to make our own catch? We're going to choose people that weren't cast? No, I'm saying if... If if Top Gun 1, this exact Top Gun movie, was to come out right now. Okay. Was to come out in 2020. They're like, hey, we got this script. Woody, Scott, here's $100 million to make this movie. You can can cast anybody you want. Can we just pick runners, though? Just for the sake of the podcast. You want to do it? Sure. I did a lot of research on actual actors, but we can just go do... Who do you think is the runner? Who's the Maverick? Yeah, I mean, we've got an obvious Mav Iceman situation here. Who's Iceman for the runners? Well, I think... It's got to be someone with frosted tips. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's Centro. Well, here's what I was going to say. We've got the... Mav is probably Lopez, and Iceman is probably Paul Cholimo. They got a little thing going. They seem to have the I hate you for no reason beef. Uh, really happening yeah, right it, now. It honestly came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just exactly, they looked at a meeting, meeting at just, each other. They were just like, "I hate you." <laughs> so I think I think they Mav is clearly. Other. And here's the second wrinkle of this: there's a very real chance that they're both on the Olympic team. Like they might have to team up in a oh. way, you know, for for the country. Yeah, this yeah. very well. Yeah. they got to be American. Yeah, they got to be American. Yeah, yeah, and this is very very possible. And who's the dangerous one? I think Lopez is the is the reckless one. I think Lopez is mad over Chalimo. Well, you're right. Chalimo is pretty. Chalimo's the one that does these these stunts for to, like he's got something to prove. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason why you run that way, Chalimo? Like Chul- you got something to prove. You know what? You're right. I am dangerous. <laughs> uh, all right. So Paul Chalimo is Mav. I'm gonna say Chalimo's Mav because he's uh, he's someone that you don't want to watch, but you can't look away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lopez um, is Iceman then. Lopez is Iceman, uh, but Iceman's very calculated. Like very, he's by the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, he never makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lopez once miscounted the laps in a race. Okay. And stopped at at in the <laughs> on lap twelve and lost seven seconds. Probably would have broken thirteen or at least been low. Yeah. Still ran thirteen oh seven. All right. So I wouldn't. You know, I like the. There's a few comparisons that'll match up. 
Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I thought of real actors instead of other runners, but we can keep going with this gimmick. Well, yeah, we got to have a little gimmick. Um, I mean, the whole thing is a gimmick, but all right. Who do you think Viper is? Like the, the old wily veteran who talks some sense into people. Um, but can still probably get in the ring. Yeah, someone's still, someone still there. Maybe Ritz. Ritz. Ritz is Viper. Yeah. Because, you know, Ritz, this guy seems like he had a pretty shady past, too. Because oh, he was like, in a, he was like, because he was like in a different, uh, he was with Maverick's dad. He's like, we couldn't mm. talk about it because even though your dad's a hero, we couldn't talk about it for some reason. We're just going to make him look like a complete shithead. Yeah. <laughs> so, even though he's a map, he's a hero. And so I'd have to say Ritz. Ritz is probably the most Viper role. Um, I don't know. Like, what do we, who do you think Charlie is? Like <laughs> Charlie, um, Charlie can't be a runner. Okay. Charlie's like an outsider that yeah. is super uh, informed about the sport and probably dating a runner. Mm. Maybe like... Uh, I-, I keep saying the controversial stuff here. Maybe like... Uh, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to get this, but like... Um, God, I don't remember his last name. Liam. He went to Columbia and is married to Ashley Higginson. He's like a I knew you runs someone. runs Lope magazine. Um, I don't know. This isn't a this isn't a good part. This isn't a good gimmick anymore. Nobody knows who we're talking about. Yeah, I know. You, right. you, you're 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 just too you're expanding it too far. Yeah. Well, you, we can name three this was, people. This was we can your name Paul Chalimo, This was Lopez your, Lamont, and Scott Fowle and Woody Kincaid. The four people that they're on the front right. of their mind. At the you. You're, this was your idea. I thought of real actors for right, this category. Right, well, you know, I can right. where we're going. I, I like the Paul and the, the Paul and the Lopez thing. All right. I think if we were actually doing this, if we were recasting it, Maverick, he's got to be charismatic. He's kind of a wild card. I think it's either Michael B. Jordan, Army Hammer, or Jake Gyllenhaal, if we can make him look a little younger. Jake Gyllenhaal, definitely. Yeah. He's, I think, the best actor. I mean, that's, yeah. That's fair. Okay. I mean, you thought about this. You want me to just... I, I got to think about... Well, I told you the categories beforehand. Oh, sure. Yeah. All I right. watched the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at the categories. Okay. So we're putting Michael B. Jordan... Or, I mean, sorry, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mav before recasting it today. <sighs> sure. All right. Goose. I think... So here's what I think we do here. I think in order to diversify the cast, this is the female role. This is a female role we add. And I think this is a take no shit, one of the guys, tough as nails chick. And I think we have two options here. We either take like a lesser known actress and catapult her to stardom. Kind of like um, when Brie Larson gets Captain Marvel or Gal Gadot takes Fast Fast Five and then becomes Wonder Woman. Or I think we just cast someone who's already unbelievably famous, like Zendaya or Sophie Turner, or Maisie Williams, or Saoirse Ronan. They've got to be able to have a good quip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got to. They've got to be strong. They've got to. They've be got to have sass. Super sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the girl? And you have to believe that woman. Goose and Mav are best friends. Like they're actual homies. Yeah. Yeah. Super sassy. Yeah, so who's I think... Her, what's her... Who's someone out there whose shtick is like, I'm sassy? 
like <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Who's that? Um, she's a comedian. It's got to be a comedian. You think it's got to be a comedian? Um, I, without a doubt. I mean, Goose is funny. Like, I mean, he has I think some good lines. I, like, nah, Goose has Goose is spelled with two two O's. I think it's a uh, Sophie Turner from Lord of the Rings. She's like in real life, actually funny. She's like chugging wine on big screens and um, recording videos about how that's the motherfucking tea. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And she's like strong. She's very, very strong in um, in wow. Game of Thrones. You in, know? My, in my mind, it's a lesbian. It's, That's fine. It's a lesbian character. That's fine. She can be into girls for our yeah. remake. We've got a hundred million dollars to play with, Woody, and the so studio is so giving us carte blanche. Well, we're gonna stay in that vein. I would take the Game of Thrones uh, woman who's not a lesbian. The the blonde one, Brienne of Tarth. Brie of Tarth. Okay, she might be a little too old to think to imagine that she is in Top Gun. Like she's a recru- she's like not high up in the military yet. I don't think. I imagine her as like a captain. Mm. That's fair. She might be a little bit too uh, too aged. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got Jake Gyllenhaal, Sophie Turner, Iceman. I only had one because I I thought of him and I really liked him. O'Shea Jackson. Ice, Ice Cube's son. You know too many celebrities. O'Shea I, Jackson is very famous. I can't, I can't name like five or six movie stars. All right. Well, then I'll just do the rest of this category myself. You have to, man. All right. Viper. I thought of Ben Affleck, Edward Norton, Tommy Lee Jones, but he's probably too old. I couldn't imagine him getting back on the ship. Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell. You know what? Woody Harrelson. He's Iceman. I think it's Josh Brolin. Woody Harrelson's like a little bit too goofy. He's a little too silly. Maybe he's actually a better goose. Woody, too old for goose. He's too old. But, I mean, a young Woody Harrelson. Like if we could transport him from White Man Can't Jump? Yes. Yeah, that he could have done goose then. I think you're right. That's my well, that's my goose. Okay. This is all hypothetical anyways. I'm going to make him 27. Again. Yeah. All right. And then Charlie. Um, so she's got to be also, she, like, she's got to be able to hold her own. Like She's got to be she doesn't have to be blonde. She's got to be blonde. I disagree with that. Nope. Um, I had Emma Stone, Amelia Clark, Brie Larson, Emma Thompson, and Alicia Vikander. Amelia Clark, definitely. All right. Ali- <laughs> Amelia Clark it is. She's teaching. She's an astrophysicist, but is also a smoke show who um, gets down with our lead, Jake smoke, Gyllenhaal. Smoke show is a must still, man. We haven't moved that far ahead. Okay. All right. Um, okay. And now we're into... This one is my favorite part. This is the sequel. <clears throat> I spent some time this morning, and I know that the there's a new top, new Top Gun coming out this summer, and I'm sure they have a script. But if they need any any help, I'm going to read this. Feel free to hop in at any point. Give me some notes. But I wrote a sequel to Top Gun. So here you go. Yeah, sure. Top Gun 2. It takes place a week after Mav's heroics in the Pacific. His phone rings, interrupting a passionate scene with Charlie, scored to all night long by Lionel Richie. The voice on the other side of the line is garbled, but Mav's face goes white. When he, when he hangs up the phone, Charlie, what's going on? Mav, it's bad. We're going to war. I have to go. You better come. <laughs> he stands up, <laughs> facing away from the camera. He's very, very sweaty, and we see his entire butt. <laughs> well, that's obvious. <laughs> Mav and Charlie get to the base to discover that everyone's worst fears about the Cold War are being realized. Dis- diplomacy has failed, and the Russians have invaded British Columbia. Viper. 
They didn't even have the balls to invade the actual U.S., but they got as close as possible. Mav and Iceman and the gang, all best friends after resolving their differences at the end of the last movie, suit up in a poorly lit slow-motion locker room scene. So where they're invading Puerto Rico? No, no, British <laughs> Columbia. Okay. Yeah, British Columbia. Do you think they should that. go? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there has to be some misinformation left in this film. What, like, you think they should invade Puerto Rico? Yeah, just just American enough mm, that okay. people are like, we got to stop them. Yeah, so maybe they're in Guam. Yeah, like oh, a, Guam's American a good one. Samoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, nice, dude. Now you're thinking right. outside the box. That's yeah. exotic, too. We're not really all right. Um, everyone suits up for a poorly lit slow motion locker room scene involving seven pounds of oil and scored to everyone wants to rule the world by tears for fears. They then head out onto the runway and load up over the radio. We hear Iceman say, I'm your wingman, Mav. Let's kill these commies. Mav, it's just a <laughs> Mav says, commies. it's just a recon mission. Ice, the death <laughs> of Goose has changed him. He's a good soldier who follows orders now. <laughs> On the mission, the platoon is ambushed by seven MiGs. And these aren't the MiGs everyone has trained for. They're new and faster and more maneuverable than ever before. Mission Control tells the pilots to bug out and head home, which Mav does without question. Ice Man is killed in the me- melee. All right, what you got, Woody? I mean, this is essentially the same thing as the new uh, Jurassic Park where they just made a super... Like, the T-Rex doesn't do it anymore. Now they got a super T-Rex. Exactly. There's new MiGs to deal with. New MiGs, and there's they're super commies. Mm-hmm. These guys are radicals. Yeah. They're, they're Russian. You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Duh. Yeah. Mav feels like um, Iceman's death was his fault for not staying and fighting it out. He has passionate and dimly lit sex with Charlie after crying in her arms. This is scored to an instrumental version of Total Eclipse of the Heart. After the coitus, Mav returns to the base, and Charlie returns to her lab to study the, the data about the newest version of the MiG. We then Did get you sh- say coitus? Yes. Nice. Great, great word. Uh, we get a shirtless, but in, so Mav is shirtless but in jeans, and we get a Rocky-esque training montage with Mav featuring lat pull-downs, incline push-ups, and wall sits while he holds a large chunk of metal <laughs> on his legs. We also see him running suicides <laughs> across the tar- tarmac. Beat it by Michael Jackson plays. Mav works out so hard that he passes out in the men's locker room, leaning up against Iceman's locker. Viper and Charlie fight him the next morning. He's still extremely sweaty and shirtless in gym shorts. Still has a shower. Yeah. (laughs) Charlie. Mav, where have you been? We've been looking all over for you. Mav looks up tiredly. Viper. Son, we need to get going. There's no time to wait. Charlie. I found something in the mid-data that's going to be a game-changer. They all get up and head off to a conference room. Mav does not put on a shirt. These guys are going to vote for Bernie Sanders. They're, yeah, <laughs> they might be a Bernie. They might feel the burn. In the meeting, Charlie explains that the MiGs are the best plane she's ever seen, but they have one weakness. They can't fly really close to tall objects. They can't buzz the tower. Mav has been training for this his whole life. There's a fire in his eyes. He's still shirtless. Viper adds that they've just gotten top secret intel about... Um, Russian plans to nuke L.A. It is unclear and never explained how he and only he seems to know this. Mav, we have to do something. Viper, suit up, Mav. We're going to throw out the playbook, or throw out the rule book on this one. They grab the two nearest people they can find to be their co-pilots and head to the tarmac. Don't forget that they show him suiting up. 
Yeah, yeah, you've got a, a very long, very loving suit-up scene. <laughs> well, not just loving, but also kind of angsty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And palpable sexual tension. <laughs> yeah, between Viper and Mav. <laughs> right before they take off, as they're walking to the, across the tarmac, Viper, we didn't have time to alert the control tower about this mission, so we're not going to have any help out there. We're going to have to fly by instinct. It's exactly what, Rebel, what Mav needs to hear. The rebel is back. They take off and fly towards, I wrote Vancouver, now uh, American Samoa, at Mach 3. They arrive in less than two minutes. Don't worry about the math. It works, I promise. (laughs) Accompanied by the memory of and the ghost of his father, Iceman, and Goose, Mav starts going crazy in a good way as soon as he sees the MiG fleet, of which there are eight. He immediately does a sweet S-turn bail roll and kills one. Then they do a little teamwork action where Mav suckers one of the MiGs in and Viper swoops in behind, killing it. Oh, yeah, he puts on the brakes once. Yep. That never fails. Yeah. This happens until there are only two left. It is all scored by another one bites the dust. Viper over the radio. These two have the new model, the MiG-7. We're not going to be able to shake them heads up. We're going to have to have, to have some tricks up our sleeves. Mav, oh, I've got tricks. <laughs> we then get an eight-minute dogfighting scene with... Uh, with shot, lots of shots of cool swooping and barrel rolling. All the greatest hits. Viper has separated <laughs> one of the MiGs, so it's now one-on-one. He does some old man shit and kills it like the legend he is. Over the radio, here's Mav, who has gone in the opposite direction with the other MiG. Mav, I've only got one rocket. He's so fast, I can't get behind him. Viper, buzz the tower, Mav. Buzz the tower. <laughs> Mav avoids a no. few... No, <laughs> you've changed, Mav. Mav avoids a few mis- missiles and rounds of gunfire and heads for the coast. He swoops closely through a canyon. It is unclear what mountain range this is. The MiG follows. Mav, under his breath, gotta go closer, Mav. He says to himself, another missile is fired. He barely dodges it. He wraps around the mountain, coming within meters um, of a huge cliff. The MiG can't make the turn. It clips his wing and goes spinning out of control, eventually blowing up. They've made it past the MiGs, but now they have to stop the nuke. They get word from the control tower, who has finally figured out what is going on, that they only have a few minutes before it goes off. Viper, we're low on fuel. You have to head back. I got this. Fuck you, Viper. I'm not leaving you, says Mav. Viper, (laughs) we don't have enough gas. Mav. Some things never change. Yeah. Mav, we're doing this together. Viper. (laughs) All right, what kind of artillery do you have? Mav, one missile. Viper, I'm flat out. We better make it count. I'll draw the fire, then you hit him with the missile. What'd they just waste all their other uh, stuff on? Killing the other MiGs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mav. I mean, they never miss except for once. Yeah. No, they've only got one missile. Well, yeah, but they yeah. only missed once. That mm-hmm. was a lot of MiGs. Seven. Yeah, seven of them. That's twice as yeah. many as last time. Mav, we might not make it out of here, Viper. Viper, everyone's got to go sometime. Your dad will be proud of you. Hell, I'm proud of you, Mav. A single tear drips down Mav's face. They get to the Russian base. A hail of gunfire greets them. Viper cuts through it, drawing the Russians' attention and taking heavy fire. Mav slides in undetective and fires his last missile right at the Russian base. It explodes with the biggest mushroom cloud ever seen in movies before or since. Viper and his co-pilot zoom out to sea and eject as their plane explodes. Mav continue their course inland, and Mav executes an incredible crash landing just outside of Spokane, we got to figure out a new place for that. Yeah, why but, are we going to Washington? Well, because it was up in um, British, British Columbia. Columbia. 
Figured, yeah. I figured, like, if you're going 700 miles per hour, you could coast all the way across Washington. Oh, well, I feel like if we're going to do that, we might as well take it to the heartland. Yeah. Let's well, take it over flyover country. Yeah, the forgotten well, country. You know, it doesn't work anyways now because they're in American Samoa. Or Puerto Rico. Or Puerto Rico, yeah, one of the two. But, yeah. With eight or seven MiGs? Well, none anymore. They killed them all. They killed all seven. Yeah. yeah. And they blew up the nuke. Well, they got three last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next time we see them... And the nuke's gone. The nuke's gone, too. Man, the, the stakes are raised. Mm-hmm. The next time we see them, all four pilots have survived and are facing disciplinary hearings for performing an unsanctioned mission. Judge, we find God your actions... damn it, Maverick. <laughs> we find your actions to be reckless, irresponsible, and completely against the spirit of the military. But given your bravery and the timely nature of the threat, all charges have been dismissed, and I bestow on you the Golden Medal of Aviation Greatness. <laughs> The crowd cheers and they go to the bar. Mav, beer all around, he says as he's swinging a pitcher. Viper seems content with one Bud bottle. No, it would be whiskey. No, he's got a Bud bottle. Wait, no, they're actually drinking uh, fancy stuff around here. Mm, only at the graduation. Other than that, we see a lot of Bud bottles. Oh, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah. Charlie, oh, I can't, Mav, and she touches her belly. Viper seems <gasps> to already know somehow. No! Mav, who is very drunk, doesn't understand. You can have a drink. We saved the whole goddamn world. No. Charlie. No, I can't, Mav. It will hurt the baby. Your baby. Roll credits. Sweet child of mine plays. (laughs) That's Top Gun 2. What do you think? Yeah. Man. Jeez, that that twist at the end. (laughs) We're gonna make we're gonna have to make these for for the next few decades. Exactly. That was my thinking. Is that we could get a Top Gun 3, 4, 5 out of it. Yeah, and but he's gonna die tragically or mysteriously over the gulf it's possible it's possible maybe he'll teach i think that's what's gonna happen in the Um, new one he's a teacher he's a teacher okay all right i got some lines that'll make which line do you think will make the best instagram caption for a workout or race pick i got a couple options for you this one is pretty cheesy i've got the need the need for speed cheesy come on man that's a classic line all right you it's think? only cheesy because I've said it th- 400,000 times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one uh, comes from Mav after, after Goose has died. I'll fire when I'm goddamn good and ready. You got that? I think that's a good one. I think that could really be like... You could drop that into a lot of co- uh, casual conversations. Yeah, and I like think it would someone's be... Like someone's like, hey, man, start driving faster. I'll drive when I'm good and ready, goddammit. Yeah. I think it would be a good one on Instagram for, like, a picture where you're sitting in the middle of a pack, you know? I'll fire when I'm goddamn good and ready. You got that? That's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right. To be the best of the best means you make mistakes and then you move on. It's just like the rest of us. Yeah, this is when he has PTSD. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> it's like, I think, probably, like, textbook, not what you say to someone. Yeah, it's When just, they're struggling with tragedy. That's a Charlie line. <laughs> they don't... Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, right there, you've been up there. You've got to push it. That's your job. I think that's, that's a Viper job. line. I yeah. believe it's that's our right, job. That's our job, yeah. So Viper says, up there, you've got to push it, Mav. That's our job. I think that would be a good one. You know, something about how training's really hard, but you can, you know, you so can keep pushing. So far, that's taste the cake when it comes to running, if we're going to yeah. make a bunch of running quotes here. Mm-hmm. And then this one, I don't know if it's really a good uh, Instagram caption, but I just really liked the line when Meg Ryan says, 
take me to bed or lose me forever. I've dropped that a couple times at the Twilight Room. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, That's a bar, by the way. Then Goose says, says show me the way. <laughs> take me to bed or lose me forever. Show me the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you use that on the Instagrams, but... Um, I just wanted. Should, I just wanted to point out that line. I thought it was really funny. Take me to bed or lose me forever is a line that you should only drop when it's when it's past one a.m. and you're at a dive bar in North Portland. Yeah, and you shouldn't expect it to work. I'm not saying you should use it on any person other than ironically. Yeah. I <laughs> just say. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Which one would you put on a picture of you doing a workout or race? Uh, what? Which one of these would you use? Which one of these quotes? I mean, I, I'm leaning towards up there. You've got to push it, Matt. That's your job. But, you know, all of these are terrible. Okay. <laughs> so, None of these are Woody endorsed. Um, I mean, these are all great lines. Yeah. But, um... Mm, like, when I promote this... Um, I, if I have a terrible race... I think I'll quote, to be the best of the best means you have to make mistakes and then move on. It's just like it's just like the rest of us. Yeah. I think Charlie says that. I think I'll take that one if I have a okay. bad race. So when I'm promoting this, this pod on the Instagrams, I'll use that one under a picture of you probably running 1258. No, definitely take take me to bed or lose me forever. All right. I'll use that one. Then. That's that's take me to bed or lose me forever. That's that's mine right there. Yeah. All right, um, so we submitted, we asked the Twitter audience to send in some questions. Here's what we got from you guys. Um, we got a lot of people asking for call signs. Have you thought about what yours would be? Man, these guys are just acting like call signs are just like, you know, these are natural things. Well, it's, it's something that describes them, but it's also a really cool word, and it's okay if it's super on the nose, like maverick. Yeah. Yeah, so... You want, why don't I fire down a few of your teammates? You tell me what I, what word I'm, comes to mind. Why don't you have this lined up? You want the call signs for Shalai? Yeah, I got a few. I got a, I got a couple of your teammates. If you can come up with some call signs. Sure, give me a multiple choice and I'll circle the right answer. No, no. I, you've got to come up with one. I don't have, these, I don't have the, that prepped. Uh, okay. You just come up with one, all right? Shalane. You wrote an entire novel and you're not, you don't even have the call signs? Ready? I was too busy writing the novel. Aren't you glad I did that? <laughs> all right, Shalane, call sign. Ballbuster. Ballbuster. <laughs> All right. She's not actually, but it's just what came to mind. Kate Grace. Uh, mongoose. Mongoose. <laughs> nice, Kate. Uh, Chris Derrick. Uh, um, what's a word for like a mind bender? For like a, a a tough puzzle, like riddle, yeah, like paradox, but like quandary, but something else. Quandary. You think his name is Quandary? No, but something else. It's got to be like uh, something in that ca- in that same vein. All right, like um, uh, mind boggler, but not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what the word is though. It has a Z in it. Okay. No doubt. All right. Um, Chris, if you're listening to this, maybe you can figure out the, what the word is. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second. 
This is good podcast content of you just sitting silently thinking. Well, I'm sorry. You don't want to throw me under the bus here. I just I didn't think this was going to be too much to ask. Well, yeah. Th- these are things that people will take very seriously. <laughs> I just called Kate a mongoose. She's probably not thrilled about that. I don't know. Um, p- puzzler? Puzzler? I don't think that's a good no, call it's, sign. It's not good. Quandary's not bad. Or or Riddle. Riddler? No, the Riddler. We're getting close. Um, the Riddler. The Riddler? All right. I like the Riddler. I mean, that's a Batman villain, but whatever. Yeah, but that's great. Okay. Uh, Evan Jager. <sighs> the American. No, you can't. His his Navy call sign can't be the American. That would be everybody's. But that's great. You want him to be just the American? Uh, kind of. Okay. That's what we call him in practice. All right. Um... Lopez. J-Lo. No. That's not a good call sign at all. It's not like Maverick or Goose. I kind of like Riddler of all the things we've had so far, said so far. Um, what about an animal? Is there some sort of animal you feel like describes him? Yeah, there are tons of animals, but you know, I've already actually said most people's spirit animals. Okay. Um... It, is it racist to be Black Panther too? That was the end. No, no, no. You want to be Black Panther? I mean, it's why don't not why don't we just do Panther? Panther's a good. It's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Centro. Um. Well, he kind of reminds me of a boy band, so let's let's call him like uh, star? In Insync. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't really roll off the tongue. How about Pop Star? Um. Jazzy. Jazzy. All right. Nah, that's lame. That's lame. <laughs> Courtney. Uh, Courtney. I think Centro should be Jester. That's already there you have one. Dang, yeah. it's already Jester. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know her at all. All right, how about Chris? Shelby? Just just shorten these these long pauses, obviously. Shelby. Uh, Shelby. Yeah. Well, her call sign is Pitbull, so we're gonna have to do something dog related. Perfect. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Pitbull. Pitbull. All right, Pitbull. And then do you have do you have one for Courtney, or is she getting left out? No, Courtney, I got one. Give me a second. Doctor. Doc. Doc's good. Doc. All right. Um, all right, this one's from Adam Ostot. Tony Scott, the director, has said that this is was a sports movie, likening the pilots to elite athletes. What similarities and differences do you see between the pilots and elite runners? Man, we're already on the questions, huh? Yeah. I feel like we just started this thing. It's been an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, time so flies. Time flies when you're watching Top Gun. Yeah. Um... What's the question now? <laughs> what similarities do you see, similarities and differences do you see between the pilots and elite runners? The pilots and elites, well. I think it's not, like, elite running is not as uh, confrontational. No. By and large, everyone is just nerds who. Or if macho. You don't, yeah. They're just nerds who, if you don't like somebody, you just quietly ignore them. 
Yeah. Yeah. You haven't talked to me for years. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> uh, I would say less macho, way less showy. Nobody's going to be grabbing the mic on karaoke night um, and singing the Righteous Brothers, except for maybe like a few oddballs. Maybe Matt Sensowitz would do it. But. I think Merber might. Merber, yeah. Yeah, it's... So basically what you're saying is uh, these guys were all really cool and most of the runners are nerds. We're lame. Yeah. And uh, not very eventful lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever been like, man, I'm a professional runner that hasn't swooned anyone. Or swoon? Swoon? Um, sure. What is it? What's the right verb there? Well, corded. Well, that's a whole different word. Yeah, okay. Um... And then I guess similarity-wise, like, I think there's a single-mindedness you see in this movie where, like, these dudes are just about flying planes. That's all they want to do. It's just fly planes, fly planes, fly planes, and think about flying planes, which I think is probably similar to what most. I would say that's definitely what we... Yeah. That's our life. Mm -hmm. Um, That's very similar. I think wanting to get a chance to be with the best runners is something that we all think about. Mm -hmm. I think we... There's a lot of... There's a lot of... uh, Duos. I think a lot of people have a fam- fam- like a favorite training partner. Mm. Uh, Who's yours? Personally? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. I mean, it changes through the years. I think mine right now, you know, is probably Ryan. Okay. Ryan Hill. But I have a, I have, I don't really have one guy that I really run with on the team mm. at the moment. Okay. I run with Mark Scott a lot. Gotcha. He might All right. Be, he might be it. Um, next question. When will Woody Kincaid be announcing that he is actually going to be playing Goose's kid on Top Gun? Right now, I guess. How is filming? It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. You got to go to Miramar for a it while. Was, yeah, I told you. The California coast. Yeah. That's where I belong. Um, Brad Lindeberg. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Inverted dive or... All right. Which one of these things do you think got the biggest boost from the movie? Val Kilmer, Kenny Loggins, Aviators, or Kissing by tack- Tapping Your Tongue Against the Other Person. <laughs> uh, definitely, like we said, unfortunately, Kissing by Tapping Your Tongue was uh, the worst thing about the 80s. Yeah. You think that was mostly because of this movie, though? Uh, it definitely started some trends. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Aviators is the is the greatest. Yeah. I love Aviators. Still. I think Aviators come in. They got like the second biggest boost. It was like short-lived boost of kissing by tapping your tongue against another person's. <laughs> followed that, was by, a, that was a yeah, short sell. Followed by Aviators. Um, I honestly, you know, I'm not great with actors. I don't even know what Bell Kilmer, what, what else was he in? I know it, but I don't know it. <laughs> um, I mean, he's been in lots of stuff. I mean, this is probably the peak of his career. I know that he was um, in. Uh, he was the main in a movie I just watched not too long ago. He went through an accident, right? You know, I'm ignore not really that. sure. I don't know. Ignore, a lot of, ignore that, Chris. I don't know a lot of uh, Val Kilmer trivia. He was in Top Gun. He was in ba- a few Batman. Tombstone. I'm Tombstone. thinking of Tombstone, which is not new, but that's apparently he's in the new Top Gun. Yeah. Tombstone is absolutely what I was thinking of. Because never mind. Just ignore that, Chris. Delete that. All right, leave it in. Um, no. All right, we're going forward. Shouldn't Mav, sh- yeah, shouldn't Mav have given Goose's dog tags to his wife instead of just throwing them into the ocean? Uh, yes, he should have. But in the film, um, 
Mav isn't really the most thoughtful guy, so maybe that's something he would have actually done. I don't know. Man, we didn't even talk about our favorite scenes. We didn't. This was one of my favorite scenes in the whole film. When he tosses the tosses the dog tags into the. It's it's one of my favorite. How come? Because it makes no sense at all. I get the symbolism. He's letting go of Goose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, dude, this is this person's uh, dog tag. Yeah. Uh, one of the lasting relics of this person's life. And uh, you're apparently great friends with his wife. You should probably give the dog tags to her. Yeah. Why are you still holding on to them? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Do they just give... Do you have his purple heart, too? I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a funny scene because you can, like, hear the waves. It's, like, smashing against the side of the ship. And uh, none of it seems like a good place for him to be. Okay. <laughs> just so you know. And he looks very longingly at the ocean. Yeah. All right. Um, this is from Kathy Daniels. Where do Goose and Mav... Uh, where does the Goose and Mav pairing rate in the Hollywood movie pairings Hall of Fame? All right. So I got a quick list of um, like bromances and partnerships, and we have to pick a winner for each of the three criteria. Which one would you most want to befriend at a bar? Who would you most want on your side in a fight? Which one do you actually think you would be the best friends with? Which one do you think you could slide in as a third? I'll give you some options. Mav and Goose. Seth and Evan from Superbad. Rick and Cliff from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Han Solo and Chewbacca. Amy and Molly from Booksmart. Mm. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Brendan and Dale from Step Brothers. Vincent and Jules from Pulp Fiction. Frodo and Sam. So... Uh, which one would you most want to befriend, befriend at a bar? As weird as it sounds, probably Seth and Evan from Superbad. They're you think high so? high school, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, in this situation, they're 27 or 28, hopefully have similar personalities. Mm-hmm. I would probably go with them as the guys I mean at the bar. Okay. I think I'm taking... Uh... Yeah, they're, that's not bad. I think I would want to hang out with uh, Rick and Cliff. Um, at Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at a bar. Who would you want on your side in a fight? I think this one's easy. I think it's clearly Han Solo and Chewbacca. Chewbacca has super strength. It depends if I want this fight to be rowdy or not, because otherwise I'm taking Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So you, you think they're... No, I'm taking guns. You want the guns, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm trying to win the fight, yeah, it depends if I'm like, hey, I don't want to hurt anyone. I just want to end, a, end this argument. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I want to kill them, yeah, we're talking about battle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. Okay. Yeah, they'd be good. And then which one of these do you think you could actually slide into as a third member? <sighs> I probably could chill with Han Solo and Chewie. You think so? Yeah, I probably could hang. Han's pretty, he's pretty standoffish. Yeah, I can understand him. I can give him a space. Yeah. And me and Chewie will just play Catan in the background. Play Catan. Um, all right. With, with someone else. Uh, with uh, our, with one of the robots. Yeah. R2 and uh, CP3U. I, uh, I think I could have, like before all the ring shit happened, I think I would have been right at home at the Shire. Sam and Frodo. Yeah, with Sam and Frodo. Well... You gotta be outside. Aren't you just a daisy? <laughs> Come on, man. Like no one's that innocent. I don't think I'd want to hang out with Sam. I'd hang out with post post 
Lord of the Rings, Sam and Frodo after they've been through all their shit. But because I don't want them, it's like basically talking to children before then. It's like, okay, all right, well, you know, you don't realize there's a lot of shit in the world. I think that's kind that's of what's going on. I think that's why I would fit in well there because I could just go there. I could just be in the Shire. You know, we could do our gardening, and then on the weekends we could like knock back a few of the whatever the ales that they drink are, and go play some pranks on on the Shire people. <laughs> like that's basically what they do. Yeah. I think that would be right up my alley. You still want to do that now? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that would I think that would really suit me. I mean, I like Chewie and Han because I'm I'm more of a robber and uh, mm. I'm more yeah I've moved more into that in my direction. They've seen some shit. Yeah. And uh, I don't think the hobbits get it, man. The okay. Hobbits don't get it. I love them. I love them for what they are, but uh, I'm not gonna hang out with them. Yeah. All right. Gandalf. Give me Gandalf. You want, you want to go on some Gandalf, adventures with Gandalf? Gandalf White. Yeah, well, you know. What about Pippin? You'd probably want to hang out with Pippin. I think Pip Pippin would be, Mary. yeah, Pippin Mary would be a great, we'd have a nice little fivesome. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not sexually, I think it would be nice to hang out with those four guys. Se- sexually yeah. is fine, too. Yeah. Go to the Shire, maybe we could go to Bag End, you know. I think it'd be fun. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Last category. This is the Landry Clark. How do these the themes of these movies relate to your life? Sort of. Um, or category. So, you know, obviously once you get past the homoerotic part, I think this is a movie, it doesn't say a lot, but it's kind of a movie about having a purpose and aligning your life and your sacrifices in a way to accommodate that purpose, which I think is something that both of us can really identify with. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe one of the best uh, comparisons to what it's like as a sport. I think sport gives you um, some drive, some some desire, some goals, and that's uh, obviously these guys have a goal to be the best in the world and to love very deeply. <laughs> so uh, you know, ultimately they they learn uh, they learn what's important in life. All right, and it's to be the best pilot in the world, not if your friend dies apparently. <laughs> and on that note, let's wrap. That's it for this episode. Showrunners is brought to you by Sidious Mag. Um, this episode is produced by Chris Chavez. Music for the show is Tin Man by Future Islands. Our logo is designed by the very talented Kyle Klasinski. Tell us what movie you want to watch next. Shoot us a message on Instagram and follow Showrunners Pod. Thanks for listening. I'm Scott Fobble. See you next time. Hey, you want to me- give a mention to my podcast? Oh, and you can find Woody on the Sidious Mag podcast network if he ever records another one that's price of a mile yeah well it's still there even if i don't record it there's still other episodes fable all right thank you go uh go listen to his you don't podcast know the go of follow it. woody on it's price of a mile oh, okay i said that um oh, go follow woody on social media all right thanks guys